Hello all and welcome to the Newsbeat with the Dishing Dietitians brought to you by Crossing Healthcare. So today's topic, we're going to talk about recognizing empty food market labels and talking about how to decipher between all the claims that are out there within our products in all the grocery stores. Um, so my name is Jennifer Langner. I'm one of the dietitians here at Crossing Healthcare. We're also joined by our two other dietitians who have been on here many times, Amy and Elizabeth. And we actually have two interns today that are joining us, which is very exciting. Ju Yi, who's been with us now for two, two or three weeks. And she's actually the one who decided to talk about this topic. So we appreciate her being here. We also have another intern as well, Yu, who has been here for not even a week yet, just a few days. So she's just going to hang out and while we're kind of talking about all of this. So I guess, Ju Yi, I'll ask you if you don't mind, can you just talk about maybe like why you chose this topic or like anything that maybe you've noticed from being in school or talking to patients as to why this is an important thing to talk about? So when thinking about food labels, you know, just through my education and even being out in the community, um, I hear a lot of confusion about what all these um, food labels and food packaging mean. So many people want to make a healthier choice, right? But I feel like sometimes all these food packaging, food labels and food packaging throws people off course rather than actually help them make their healthy choice. For example, I volunteered in one of the food pantries in normal Bloomington Normal where I um, stay and I was hearing some clients talking about oh we heard we heard about this product you know it has gluten-free it's no gym or free of anything and it's supposed to be really good for you but it's so hard to find and it's so expensive and it's not the only occasion I've heard that conversation going right just because the product is free of preservatives or fat-free or preservative-free anything doesn't mean that it is a health product or that's good for you. So I just figured going deeper into what these labels mean would be helpful for more people to know. No, that's great. And I think that, I mean, even us as dietitians in, in this field, we are still having to research this all the time. So there's always new claims that are out there and we're constantly learning just as much as the next person is. So kind of piggybacking off of what you said, most claims that are on packages are not regulated or not monitored. So that means a food manufacturer can put whatever claims they want on a label in order to boost their sales. How many times do you walk through a store and you see a package that's a bright color that says superfood or whole food or will increase your immunity? Sometimes you have to take a step back and say, okay, does, does this product truly do that? Or is it a true claim that a company is testing for and saying, yes, this is true? Sometimes you have to figure out what's true and what's not. And there's really only a small amount of claims that are actually regulated and that are defined by the FDA. And certain claims that are regulated would be like organic. And that's going to be one of the things that we're going to talk about. For a food to be truly organic, it has to have an organic seal on it or an organic label on it. Um, so we're going to talk about what organic means in case you're not familiar with what it is. And then other things that have to be regulated are claims that affect any sort of health claim structure or function of that food. So for example, if maybe something is low calorie, um, light in calories, low sugar, reduce, something like that, that does have to be regulated because it has something to do with a specific health claim. 
So we're going to define some common food labels that we see here in the U.S. and what they mean, what are some things to look out for, and just something to keep our eye on in the food market world. So Ju Yi, I'll have you start off with, I feel like a term that is very popular right now in this world, and that's organic. So tell everybody a little bit about what organic is and what it means. So yes, speaking of um, organic, organic is actually one of the few terms that are actually regulated, as Jen mentioned, by the government, specifically by the USDA. So when you see the organic label, the USDA organic label on food packaging, it means that that's a certification that that food or product has been produced according to USDA organic standards. Now, when you're talking about organic, it basically means that the food or the product has been produced in ways, in cultural, biological, and mechanical ways or methods that promote um, ecological balance and conserve biodiversity and overall promotes environmental sustainability, right? So what exactly does that entail? It means that when these foods are used, are produced, the use of most synthetic pesticides and fertilizers, you know, if you're talking about fresh produce or growth hormones, you're talking about animal products, and irradiation and genetic engineering, these methods are generally prohibited in the making, in the growing of these produce or these animals, right? So USDA certified organic products are grown and processed according to strict guidelines set by the USDA. Even within the organic label, there are different standards. You know, you see 100% organic sometimes. Other times you just see the word organic. Sometimes it's just certain ingredients in a product that are certified as made with organic ingredients. And each of these different levels um, adhere to different standards of organic manufacturing. Now, a very common misconception that people think is that organic means pesticide-free or preservative-free. The truth is, it doesn't mean that an organic carrot is not, is not grown without any pesticides or preservatives at all. I mean, the farmer has to keep bugs from eating the carrots as they are grown, right? It's just only pesticides or preservatives that are approved on a specific USDA list are allowed to be used in that growing process. But only whatever's on that approved list, and most of the time, these are mostly natural things, not synthetic sources. The other misconception is that organic equals healthy. A lot of people have this belief that just because a term is organic or organic carrot has 10 times more vitamins or nutrients compared to like a conventionally grown carrot, which the research has shown that that is not true. A lot of studies have been done, a lot of lab tests have been done. What they found was that the nutrition content in organic produce versus conventional produce is about the same. And even though the organic produce might have slightly higher amount of nutrients, and of course that depends a lot on soil quality and all these other environmental factors, it's not significant enough to make a real difference, you know, when it's eaten to our bodies. So when you're talking about nutrition, an organic carrot versus conventional carrots, there's really no difference in nutrition. Both are good for you. So the other thing that people always confuse with is organic is synonymous with natural. You know, the natural label is found on a lot of products. You know, what does natural actually mean? Now, natural is one of those labels that are very, that can be very misleading. Number one, it is not regulated by the FDA or the government. 
um, is generally understood to mean no artificial or synthetic ingredients have been added to it, or no added colors, and that a product has only been minimally processed. But those, you know, generic understanding is very vague, and there is no independent agency or the government that's going through all these products to make sure that they're abiding certain natural standards, whatever they may be. So just because something is natural doesn't mean that it's better for you. You know, knowing that there's no regulation, you know, companies can feel free to define the word natural however they want and put it on their product. So just because something is natural and is higher priced because of it doesn't mean that it's any different from a product that is not labeled natural. And going along with natural too, again, there's other things on labels that make us think that product is healthier. And another big thing along with natural and organic is gluten-free. The gluten-free phase is very high because we can make that connection maybe between gluten-free being a little healthier. So Liz, can you talk a little bit about gluten-free and what that is? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, gluten-free has been a hot topic for quite some time now. Um, so what gluten actually is, is it's a protein found in some of our grains. So it's found in wheat, rye, and barley, and some of their other um, derivatives. So um, gluten-free is important for people who do have a gluten allergy or a diagnosis of celiac disease. Their bodies actually cannot handle that gluten and they will have a reaction but if we don't have either of those, then is gluten-free something we should look at when we go to the grocery store? One of the first misconceptions is gluten-free is grain-free. They do not equal the same. Many grains don't have gluten naturally. So rice doesn't have gluten. Corn is a grain. It doesn't have gluten. Quinoa, those are all really great grains that don't have gluten, that sometimes get wrapped up in that gluten-free diet or lifestyle. Another misconception is that gluten-free is healthier. It is not necessarily healthier. You can get gluten-free bread products and they are just the same as eating any other bread product. They're just gonna be more expensive and maybe not have the same taste quality that we're used to with regular gluten-containing bread. So it's important to look at that. And gluten-free products, because they take that gluten and that protein out of it, can be higher in added sugars, fat to help them be more taste appealing. So we wanna look at that because we know added sugars in our diet is something we wanna try and limit. So if we are trying to be healthier, then we need to look at all bread the same gluten-free or not to look at these and which options are the best. So gluten-free is essential for some people who do have a gluten intolerance or celiac disease and so it is very important to have those products for those people but if you don't have any sensitivity to gluten or anything like that please go ahead and eat that gluten it is part of our regular diet and your body can digest it. So let's use our body for what it's made for. Yeah, the big misconception of gluten-free means I'm gonna gain weight. Um, I think it's good that you brought that up that celiac disease is you know, really the only reason we have to do gluten-free. I mean, to each their own if you prefer the way they taste, but if you can eat normal bread and normal wheat products, save your money and go with mm -hmm. those products. 
Now, Amy, there's obviously like a bunch of a bunch of claims out there. What would you say are kind of like the more commonly seen food claims that you've seen that maybe aren't as big as gluten-free and organic, but are still on labels? Yeah, so there are lots of other food labels out there that we may have seen at the store. When we're shopping, I think two of the most popular ones here are whole foods and superfoods. I've heard a lot of people like, hey, I found this product and it says, you know, it's a whole food, it's a superfood. Does that mean it's healthy? I mean, they can be healthier options, but there's really no specific definition out there for these types of foods. There are some things out there that kind of claim superfoods, you know, they have all of these uh, antioxidants and all these other nutrients that are really going to be helpful for our overall health but it's not necessary to buy them I mean you know if you if you want to buy them go for it it's not going to harm you in any way like I said they may have some other good antioxidants and nutrients in them that we need but it's not unnecessary to get them all the time there's also some labels out there saying grain free basically what this just means is that uh, this product has no grains but again, it doesn't specifically mean this product is healthier. Just saying there's no grains. So, you know, if, I mean, you were wanting to avoid grains for some reason, it could be a product for you, but it doesn't mean that it's the healthier. Uh, the next two on my list kind of relate to some popular diets out there that we may have heard of. Vegan uh, foods, we may have seen some items out in the store that claim that it's vegan. So basically what this just means is this product doesn't have any uh, animal products in it. So no meat, poultry, seafood, dairy, eggs, honey, nothing in it has has been made with animals. So basically just a plant-based product. If you're wanting to follow a vegan diet, you know, just to kind of uh, get some more fruits and vegetables and maybe just kind of uh, boost your overall health because you may have seen some research out there about these types of foods and this type of diet. This could be a good product for you, but you know, if you're just kind of following a normal healthy lifestyle and incorporating all different types of foods, it's not um, a product you necessarily have to buy, but of course, if you want to try it, I'll go for it. It's not going to hurt you in any way. We may have seen some paleo-friendly items, and this is re relating to the paleo diet. So the paleo diet is based off of the diets of human hunter-gatherer ancestors thousands of years ago. So basically, the focus of this diet is to include lean meats, fish, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. They typically don't eat any dairy, legumes, grains, sugars, or any processed foods in this diet. So if you see an item that has a paleo-friendly, it basically just means that this product fits this diet. Again, not really necessary to get if you're not following the paleo diet. It's, it's not going to make you healthier or make you lose weight or anything like that. But I mean, if you want to follow this type of diet, it could be up for you. But if not, it's not really necessary. So those are kind of just in general some other labels out there that we may have seen. So I hope you kind of learn something about those. And again, they're not like all necessary to buy, but it's just kind of up to your choice if you want to buy them or not. And the last the last one I personally want to talk about, because again, I mean, I feel like all of these are important, but one that is very much controversial is non-GMO or GMO foods. So if you don't know what GMO is, it's genetically modified organisms. And 
it is very controversial as to, you know, whether people want to eat foods that contain GMO or not. But basically why they genetically modify a product, it's really to keep the crop safe from insects and other pests. So, for example, if you have a corn crop that has not been genetically modified, if one corn stalk gets a disease or some sort of pest on it, it can spread throughout the rest of the crop very rapidly, and now your entire crop is dead. So from a food management and manufacturing perspective, you've just lost a good amount of food. So what GMOs do is they make that crop resistant to certain insects or pests, and some research has been shown that GMO foods actually do improve nutrient content. However, it's not clear-cut to say that is 100% sure or not, the research is really still going with GMO and nutrients. Um, The biggest question we get is, well, aren't GMOs bad? Aren't they going to cause negative health impacts? Um, Am I going to become a superhuman from eating a GMO food? And that's not the case. GMOs are considered to be safe. They're recognized as safe, but We always want to preface this by saying if you are not comfortable eating a food with GMO, if you're not comfortable eating a food that might have pesticides on it and you want to eat more organic, if you feel more comfortable eating a gluten-free diet, we're not telling you you cannot do any of these things. It's a preference and it's a personal choice. You're putting in your body what you want to. So if you feel more comfortable not putting foods that contain GMOs in your body, then great. If you don't want to eat gluten because you just don't want to, then fine. Just make sure you always follow up with your healthcare provider and your registered dietitian to figure out what options are going to be best for you. And the biggest reason why we wanted to have this discussion is because these misleading food labels do have effects on consumers and effects on buying food. So Amy, what have you noticed from a consumer side that a lot of people maybe have to think about when it comes to these food label claims? There is a lot that goes into this side of the food labels. So like Jen said, how it affects consumers, one of the biggest things I see people, they often say how much they cost. I have a lot of uh, patients who bring up these, uh, some of these claims and they're like, man, they're, it's just so expensive. You know, I, I really want to buy organic, but you know, like it's just, it's just so much more expensive compared to, you know, just a regular the other produce that's not organic so and it's true I mean these are so much and they cost so much more money and there is this misconception out there that they're all healthier items but really they're not so you know I think they're not necessary to buy so you know don't feel like you have to spend the extra money especially if you're on a budget I mean these again these food labels are kind of just out there to make you spend money so the marketers are doing their job but you know I really hope that kind of take all this advice into consideration and and you don't feel the need to spend more money on some of these items because it's not really necessary all of the time especially you know if you don't have a celiac disease and and um, whatnot along with that I've heard a lot of people you know say uh, kind of how stressed they are about when they go to the store and they just they have no idea what to buy they're just kind of overwhelmed with all of the food labels out there and they're like, you know, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? Is this healthier? Is this not healthier? Um, should I spend the money on it? So all of those kind of create this stressful environment. And that's not what we want. We want food and eating should be um, enjoyable. 
and too many of these health claims and food labels can make it so so stressful and confusing so hopefully you know um, I hope it's easier for you guys just to kind of uh, take this advice and just okay maybe I don't need to buy of these foods with these labels because they're not necessarily healthier I'm okay with buying you know a generic brand that doesn't have any of these labels on it another thing that I've heard people say it can be a kind of fearful for people are choosing foods out of fear they just you know they I mean it kind of goes into the stress you know it's it's stressful and it's fearful for them you know if I, if I don't buy the organic product if I don't buy the vegan diet am I going to be at more of a health risk for some health complications. It doesn't have to be fearful. All food is okay. So kind of it's just kind of your personal choice. Try to make it less stressful for yourself and buy those items that don't say organic or paleo or vegan or anything like that because they're all okay to choose. Yeah, I mean, cost I think is a big thing, right? I mean, how many times have we had patients or just people in general come in and say, well, I can't eat healthy because it's too expensive to eat healthy. And I tell people, you could spend a very small amount on healthy foods. Getting the generic canned vegetables or canned fruits is really just being more smart about what's in that can versus, you know, buying the organic or these superfood fruits that are already superfoods because of the content of that fruit. But the biggest thing is just being a smart consumer, asking these questions. So, Liz, what are your biggest tips for somebody to be a smart consumer? Maybe after listening to this podcast, they're like, wow, this has changed my entire perspective on what health actually is. What would you say to those people? Well, hopefully after listening to this, you guys are able to go into the grocery store with maybe a little bit more confidence in what you're choosing and what you're looking at when you're looking at all of the different food products. The grocery store is completely overwhelming with different products and different brands. And it's really important to keep in mind that all of those food manufacturers, their main goal is to put money in their pockets to make you maybe spend more on something that you don't necessarily need And that might be the same exact product as a generic product or a product that doesn't have the hormone-free stamp on it. So I hope you can go into the grocery store with more confidence in that and know that the choices you make at the grocery store, no matter what they are, as long as you feel good in what you have bought, then that's what matters. It's about being confident in your choices. And trying to look at those food, the labels, the ingredient lists, and making a really informed decision before you buy. I know sometimes we go into the grocery store. I've done it several times. We're in a hurry. You see the item you need. You grab the first one. You get home and you're like, oh heck, it's organic and that's not what I wanted or something like that. It's okay. That happens to us all of the time. Just be confident in each product you choose and know to stick with your basic healthy eating principles. Do we have food items at home from all of the food groups that we can incorporate into that are healthier choices for us to have for us and our families? And always, if you have questions, reach out to a registered dietitian 
or even myplate.gov or eatright.org are really great resources for even more in-depth information on the food label because what we've talked about is just the very, very tip of the iceberg with this. So I encourage all of you to look even more into all of that information to be the best consumer possible. Awesome. I feel like that's going to help a lot of people. So thank you to all of you for educating our audience on just what all this means and to do your own research from reputable sources and not just Googling and finding the first article that you see. Well, that's it for this episode of the News Beat with the Dishing Dietitians. If you have any questions, you can email us at newsbeatdishingdietitians at gmail.com. You'll find this email in the description of our podcast. And we'll also have a website with a variety of different recipes at dishingdietitians.blogspot.com. And that will also be in our description as well. And thanks so much for joining. And remember to stay upbeat.